for the channel. An audio broadcast all about everything. Avoid passing on unconfirmed information and rumors. Ladies and gentlemen, as a courtesy to our presenters, please turn off all electronic devices. And now... Hello everyone, you're very welcome to this, the first episode of what we hope will be a long series of podcasts for ICAD. I'm Mike Mesber, ex-creative director of Ogilvy. And I'm Pierce Mackay, ex-creative director of TBWA. Together we have about, I don't know, 360 dog years experience of work in the creative industry. Would that be right, Mike? That's just me, I think. Well, anyway, this podcast is not about us, you'd be delighted to hear. It's about you, the membership of ICAD, working in advertising, design and production. And it's about the wider creative and business community. You know, it's said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Hence the title of this podcast, Recreating. Yeah, we'll be focusing on just how creatives working in advertising design and production are responding to that dreadful term, the new norms or the new realities. And we'll be exploring just what the implications will be for what we do and how we do it. Of course, we can't promise to come up with any kind of definitive answers, although I'm sure it would be great if we could. But maybe, and just maybe, we'll ask some better questions. Right, coming up now, something you don't want to miss. The COVID-19 crisis has sent seismic shocks across all business sectors, and we don't need to go into that here. But one of the earliest and most positive responses has been from the film production sector. I'm talking specifically about CPI's response. The Commercial Producers Ireland have just recently completed a set of guidelines and protocols to get the cameras rolling again. And I'd like to chat about it because I do think this is going to have huge implications for advertising agencies, for design companies, for production houses and for our clients. Here to chat about it is Max Brady, executive producer of Pull the Trigger, Emma O'Byrne, chairperson of CPI and Dave Quinn, CEO of Winmill Lane. Max, let me start with you. What did the protocols cover and how did they come about? How did you actually construct these and put them together? Basically, where we started from was when we shut down and, and literally production in Ireland closed almost within two hours of, 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 of us discovering that we had a problem in Ireland. Everything shut, films, dramas, uh, TV production, and, and also obviously commercials and advertising production, everything just stopped. So then it was kind of taking a little bit of stock to think about, um, well, well, what does that mean for us and how do we get back? And when you start to see how contagious COVID-19 is, how easy it's transmitted within a community, how um, working very closely together um, can be a very um, dangerous situation for people. We started to think within CPI about how can we make our sets and our productions safe for people, particularly for our crew, for our staff, and then for our clients and for um, our agency clients. Because the way production works is we're all on top of each other. It's it's fast. It moves fast. People run around the set. Things are passed backwards and forwards. There's a lot of opportunity for cross-contamination and for infection to really take hold on a, on a production set. So we decided we needed to, to react to that. And the best way to react to that was to come up with protocols that would make our set safe, make it possible to get back to work faster and to ensure that we had safety at, at the forefront of our minds. Because ultimately, we as a an organization in CPI have been very responsive to the whole area of safety on sets. So in Ireland, we, we tend, and particularly within the TV commercial sector, we tend not to have as many accidents and deaths on set as you might find in other countries where um, safety protocols aren't followed quite as closely as what we would do here. So for us, it was important to, to come up with a system that enabled us to get back to work, to get back to business and to be able to provide uh, facilities for our clients. Can I just probe with you, Emma? 
what are the realities of that? What difference is it going to make to me, an agency person, bringing me client along to the shoot? What's what's going to be different? I think everything is, is going to be different going forward. I mean, I think we are now entering a phase where it's a new way of working. And, you know, things like there's going to be additional prep time, I think, um, related to shooting. There's going to be safety induction time that's going to slow up our day. I think we can say you're probably not going to be able to shoot as many shots in a day as you could have previously. Things like, you know, we've all been on sets and, and we are generally very much on top of each other and people are working around each other, electricians, art department, camera department. Obviously, now we're in a situation where we have to adhere by social distancing. So there's going to be a situation where people are going to have to step in and step out of set. So everything is going to take longer. And with that there's going to be sanitation, it's very important, and everything is going to have to be cleaned down regularly. So all these things are, you know, are things we need to consider and put into a document. And so that that both ourselves and our aid and agencies and clients were aware of what measures needed to be implemented to ensure the safety of everybody going forward. Okay, so that sounds like a comprehensive readjustment to to something that we're we're, we're not used to. Like you said, uh, Max and Emma. Sets tended to be busy places, people running around. Uh, are we talking about maybe that production has to shift from the client's point of view or the agency's point of view to a more remote setting? Yes, I think we are. I think, I think, um, like being able to operate, we we did, we had a shoot actually, which shot, I think, the, on the 12th of March, it was in early March, just before the, the, the lockdown and the schools closed. Um, and our client was based in Paris. And just with everything starting to happen, they did not travel for the shoot. So we used a system which the courtyard had called QTake, where they were able to view what we were shooting in real time, remotely, and feedback to us. And actually, you have to say, it did work very well. And I think we're into a situation where we're going to see more and more of that because we're working on set with monitors. If we have five clients and or five agency you know we can't have people huddled around a monitor and equal we don't have the space to have two meter distancing between each person and many monitors it just doesn't it's it just doesn't work yeah i i would support him on that i think part of what we've been grappling with in cpi is you know no longer will you have the unit base where you've got the dining bus and the wardrobe truck and the the you know the the makeup and hair truck you're you're going to now be in a situation where there has to be distance created between all of those some of those trucks may have um single use on it um with so only one person can be prepped at a time um and you know i think we've seen the end of the dining bus now for all intents and purposes for the foreseeable future because you can't maintain social distance in, on a dining bus. So that means that we need to be able to find space that we can contain all of that, plus the standby area for the crew and for agencies and clients, because only essential crew should be in on the set in any type of, of close contact. So it, we become a much bigger circus with less people because we need more space. Um, and it's it's really going to be something that's going to take a little while, I think, to get into the rhythm of how it's all going to work. And we don't have all the answers yet. I would say that um, we've, we've risk assessed it as much as we possibly can, but we don't have all the answers yet. It's very much a live document that we currently have and we will learn things as we go along and we'll have to make adjustments as we go along. And I think it's really important for agencies when they are right and creative to check with production about is this scene possible and, and and is this going to be possible to uh, within the new way of working just on that point max and i'll put this to you as well emma 
It is a live document, but it's a document that seems to have gained traction and has become something of the standard, something of the, the prototype of what these protocols will be on the ground. Who I know you've as well uh, managed to get it in front of the minister. What's the progress on that, Emma? We sent our protocols into Minister Humphreys um, and to Minister Madigan, and we sent them both directly and also through IBEC, um, which Dave Quinn, as a member, he's on the audiovisual board of IBEC, and he sent them in through IBEC as well. There was some international interest in it as well, has there? There has been international interest. Um, IAPI um, sent it on to their at the EACA members, um, their counterparts in other countries, and we got great feedback to it from them. The French Agency Association saw it, and they were at the time working on, um, you know, a similar document with the APFP, which is the French Association of advertising film producers put together protocols and they asked if they could translate ours and use them as ours were complete and similarly the association of communication companies in belgium uh, used the artwork for their uh, corona code of conduct i really stress again i think from my point of view i think this is so important for icad members and and, and creators of, of of content and creators of scripts to be really au fait with what's happening and to be communicating with production companies dave can i turn to you that's the production. What about pre-production and post-production? Is, is that going to be affected? And what are the new realities we're going to have to look forward to there? Yeah, Pierce, I, I mean, just to say, um, you know, live action shooting is, is the lifeblood of Win the Lane. And, um, you know, the challenges that the, the, that the production companies are having um, are our challenges. And, and, and I want to commend the, the committee that brought together the CPI document because I think they were well ahead of the curve of any of the other bodies here in Ireland in producing that. We are members of IBEC and I, I, I'd been lobbying quite hard with IBEC at the, at the original uh, point in time when COVID started to become uh, the, 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 the situation that it is. And um, we had kind of got very much involved in, in, in testing our remote working situation probably three weeks before lockdown happened. And, and thankfully, our whole engineering department uh, really pulled off uh, an amazing setup that, 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 that really stood to us when, when lockdown actually happened. But when lockdown actually happened then, we were, uh, I didn't know when I left on that Friday night, I was sitting home having done a really tough week and sitting down and suddenly Leo comes out and says, you know, from tomorrow onwards, it's, it's lockdown. And I, I was at one stage thinking, that's it, you know, just going to lock up the building and throw away the keys until we hear something else. But that weekend, I, I, I spent a lot of time lobbying IBEC through the Audio Video Federation Council. And I felt that they had connections with the Taoiseach's office, which they were working very hard on. And when the essential services announcement came uh, on the Sunday, I was, I was really pleased to see that video, television, programming, production, sound recording and radio, television, broadcasting were part of, seen as part of those essential services. And I was absolutely thrilled that they had lobbied so hard on, on our behalf and on behalf of the industry in general. And that was just a godsend for us, to be honest, because I felt then that we were, you know, absolutely legally sort of entitled to, to try and keep the business going. And, and so out of staff of 55 or 60 people, we have five people essentially who are essential who are coming in here and keeping the whole show on the road. 
and keeping all our remote working going because we had a lot of projects that we had in train that needed to keep going. But if we had to shut that night, <laughs> that was it. So, mm. you know, we're down quite significantly in, in our turnover, but we're, we're, we're keeping going at some semblance. But it's getting serious for us now because all the data and the, the shoot material that had come into us before lockdown is starting to dry up. And that's why I'm so pleased with how the CPI document has been received and, and put together and, um, and you know, to, to, to really try and get government to sort of place shooting at, at the top of their agenda when they ease restrictions as soon as possible is, is so important for us as a company. Right, coming up shortly. I was a young creative happily knowing fuck all, which was not today, nor yesterday. Let me ask a question of the three of you, because it, it comes up in a different context. I'm talking about it from, from the creative's point of view. Sometimes Max, Emma and Dave, the creatives are on site, they're on set, they're talking to the director at lunch, they're talking to, they're, they're on set, they're, they see something and there's a spontaneous interaction that results in a better piece of work, a better commercial. So something... Just that kind of serendipity that happens on set. Is that going to be removed now? Is it going to be really almost robotic in terms of the work and how it's done? And likewise, Dave, I think in editing sessions, sometimes you'll go down and see the offline, sit with the editor and maybe go, you know what? You know, those kind of exchanges, those happy little coincidences that very often can be the making of, of, of work. Is that something of the past or can we still do that and yet observe all we need to observe in terms of the protocols? I, I think, Pierce, that's going to be on a case-by-case basis. Um, I, I think we can't say definitively if if the opportunity to be serendipitous on set is, is, going, to, is going to go away completely or if it can remain completely. I, I think it'll, it'll certainly be different. I think we'll have to be much more prepped before we actually go on set because we can't be asking, um, you know, you can't suddenly say to the art department, run over to, to Ikea there and, and pick up um, the following because we, we might not be prepped enough to be able to pick up all that stuff and bring it to set. So, you know, I do think we have to be prepared to to try to be much more ready when we arrive on set. Um, and I think that's possibly going to be the same for Dave. And, and I'm not saying it, it won't happen. Um, and I'm sure Emma would, would agree with me. It's not that it won't happen, but it's going to be more difficult to be able to react like that because of the circumstances we'll be working in. I think there's a, a massive requirement uh, and an understanding of, of complete collaboration between the various different facets of this. So from mm. production to pre-production to production to post-production. And I think agencies need to engage with that and sort of let go a little bit because uh, you know they, they need to understand that, that the challenges of, of, of what's happening in production. And I would feel that that's a very important lesson that the agencies, you know, should should try and, you know, uh, teamwork and collaborate with with production on that because otherwise it's it's going to scupper things and the, the the shoot the shoots are going to run on anyway because they require longer times for all those situations. So, yeah, let, let, let's just probe that a little, Dave, because I think that's the crux. That I think in terms of creatives that may be listening to this, that that's really where they they'll engage in the sense that uh, that's going to make the big difference in their lives. If you're saying that we have to, that the emphasis has to shift on and get our ducks in a row in pre-production, that's probably no bad thing, Max, you know what I mean? However, the reality is, it seems to be what you're saying, Dave, is that, look, shoots are going to take longer. So what maybe was a half-day shoot is now a full-day shoot. 
the way we do things like uh, casting is going to change. It's going to be done remotely. The way we do costume fittings, it's going to be done remotely. Maybe the day is gone when the client is going to spend the day on the set in a director's chair chipping in as as the work is proceeding. That's a big, in a way, all of those things are, are, are quite big culture shocks, I think, for, for creatives and for uh, production people in agencies. But that's probably the new reality. Would that be fair? I think you, I think it is fair to say, Pierce, that we are in that situation at the moment. And, and I think, as, as Dave and Max have both said, I think there's going to have to, like, more collaboration, you know, during pre-production and trust as well. And I think, you know, things like Storyboard, obviously, are going to be even more important in a situation like this, along with, I think, um, yeah, just really good communication between everybody in advance. And like, I think because budgets have got tighter over the years, um, we do we do dot our I's and cross our T's a lot more than maybe once would have happened because there isn't as much time to sit around on set and kind of try different things. You know, um, we we work a lot faster than than we did maybe. 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but I think maybe there's going to be now a situation where we just have to to collaborate even more than we do already. And Emma, and again, I don't want to put you guys on the spot and the, how long is a piece of string, but is there going to be a monetary implication to this? Are without, shoots... without question, Pierce. Okay. Without well, question. Well, let's face that down. What, what are we talking about? Can you we know... put a percentage on that yet? No, not yet. Um, and, and again, it's a case by case basis. Um, Emma and I and, and, and the other CPI members have been talking about this um, ad, ad infinitum for the last week to 10 days. You know, it's it's very difficult to cost it up. It's very difficult to say how much it is. But, you know, I think clients and agencies need to understand we now must have a COVID-19 um, health and safety officer to make sure the place that everybody's safe. We will have to um, supply a certain amount of PPE. We'll have to sanitise any location that we go into. Even if it's an exterior location, there may be elements of that that will still have to be sanitised. So that involves the sanitation department. If you think even of the simple things like de-rigging the camera off the dolly, you know, so the camera department go in, take the camera off the dolly, then the grip have to take it off, then somebody has to sanitise that, move it, put it all back down again. You know, there will no longer be a camera and a grip department working together to get the camera up really fast because they'll have to do it individually. Dave, similar? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think... You know, I, I sort of call on the, the, all the R's because it's, you know, there's remote working, there's remote whip, there's remote approval, there's remote pitching, there's re- everything's going to be more remote. And that actually means time and uh, extra time. And that's that's an issue because that time is money. I think um, the worry we'd have is that, you know, budgets are of a finite sum. So, you know, because we're downstream there, you know, we'd have the concern that that might make things a bit tighter in post, but we, we have our own challenges. So, yeah, I think there, it would be great if there was a recognition all round. And I suppose it goes right back up to the client that there is a cost coefficient here that needs to be factored in um, in the new world. And just to say as well that one of the things CPI members have agreed to is that COVID-19 costs that are directly as a result of um, like the sanitation department and the COVID-19 safety officer, all that stuff, we're not making any money on that. So that will be um, passed on to client direct as a cost as opposed or direct to the agency as opposed to us marking it up. So we're, we're not doing this, we're, we're doing it to keep our, our people safe. We're not doing it to make money out of it. You know, so we're not going to be charging markup. We're not going to be guiding clients and agencies. We're, we're just trying to ensure that we can all get back to work as safely as we possibly can. 
in fairness to CPI, I think this is an initiative that uh, has put you guys way ahead. I think you, some of the thinking on this is, is is brilliant. Now, it may not be the most cheerful news we want to hear, but it's the reality, you know, and I, and I, and I think you guys are, have been very good in responding to that. I mean, I think for me, the key word that's coming out of here and the key, key thing that creatives have got to engage in is collaboration and engage with production companies as early as possible. Um, would that be fair? Yes, that would be yes. very fair. Emma and I talked about this, that it's yes. crucial. That, Absolutely um, crucial. I think, I think every, I mean, every script is unique. There's no one size fits all. I think every time a script comes in, we assess it and we look at it on the basis of the new, the new working conditions we're, we're, or the new world we're living in, the ways we're working to. And also we look at the government guidelines to see what is feasible and when. And we're interpreting those guidelines on a script by script basis. I think, you know, generally like initial shoots will be smaller and then as we move along the phases we'll be going into bigger shoots with social distancing being observed but i think i think i would absolutely recommend that creators talk to a production company um because we can advise them as to what we think is feasible and maybe how we can approach things that maybe don't work so well you know in the, in the new in the new world we're we're working okay. in you know we feel that uh, the cpi in general i think would feel that you know it's time for a sort of a reset here we felt the industry was extremely challenged pre-COVID-19. And for the near future, certainly we would love that brands and agencies would really support the local industries that are working very hard here to try and make it possible to get back up and shooting as soon as possible. You know, we are open for business, Pierce. Absolutely, Absolutely Emma. We all want to get back to work, albeit safely. So, you know, I know this is all new and it's a changing world in our, that we're living in, but... Yeah, we, we do want to work and, and we are positive about working going forward. No, absolutely. So I suppose the kind of phrase, we're all in this together and we need to collaborate and, and to start that process as soon as possible. Guys, thanks a million. Max, thank you. Emma, thank you. And Dave, for your time and your insight. We have not heard the last of this. I've no doubt about it. Um, it's going to be something that we'll be returning to and it's the new reality in our life. Um, but it's good to hear. I think there's there's a lot of positives in what you guys are doing and you're showing the way that we can get back and get those cameras rolling. I was a young creative happily knowing fuck all, which was not today, nor yesterday. I thought I cared was for older people, older people, better people, with bigger ideas, bigger talents. Until I met some of those people, on both sides of the house, advertising and design, and found them to be, well, generous with time, and thoughts and considerations, and endless little kindnesses. <laughs> which makes them sound like Quakers, which is bullshit. It's a petri dish of schadenfreude, and so it should be. Creative people are ambitious, jealous, envious. And yet, ICAD has supported the creative industry in this strange little country for over 60 years because ICAD members have been the creative community for over 60 years. They have bolstered each other, battered each other, learned from each other, stolen from each other, yearned to outdo each other, longed to work with each other. ICAD is not an idea. It is not a place. It is not a ceremony. It is not a series of events. ICAD is its people. It is what they make it. Not that they exist. There is no them. They are us. And if you remember, so are you. Beautiful words there from Des Cavanagh, creative director of BBDO. And I'm joined now by Des. Des is winner of 
countless ICAD awards, countless Kinsale sharks, and no less than two can lions. Des Kavanagh, you're very welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, Mike. Um, just to uh, slightly correct your, 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 your very kind introduction there, um, our current creative director is Shane. My, my, my role has changed recently, and I'm very happy that it has. I'm back to working as, a, as an old-school creative again, working as a writer, and uh, very much enjoying that. I'm very much enjoying being under Shane's leadership. So what's the difference between being a creative director and being a writer? How do you find that? The main difference for me is that you, I, I, you get to concentrate uh, more on, on, on the work, more on the ideas, more on the, on the craft. Uh, I find more you can concentrate more on solving individual clients' problems. When you're a creative director, you just have so much other work to do. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a big minefield. Uh, when I, I always thought I wanted to do it. And I think I did it reasonably well when I was, but ultimately it was it wasn't really the job for me. I I much as I say much prefer be be a writer and be a, an old school creative. So you enjoy the actual craft of sitting there and writing and putting together beautiful words, as we all know you do. Uh, I I love doing that, and I love the part of uh, maybe just again it's old school, but maybe just working with uh, with one other person to uh, to develop ideas to get the ball rolling initially. Uh, obviously, the, the, the ultimately the process is very collaborative. Like we do, we do work with loads of people, and we have to work with loads of people. And we're fortunate to work with loads of people, both within the agency and and outside. Uh, but that that initial moment where it's just two of you sitting down together and thinking and just playing around and spitballing, uh, I, I love that. And and how do you think the the current uh, situation is affecting that? It's been difficult when you're not you're not actually you're not in the room with somebody. Um, I mean, myself and my partner, Rob Murray, who I've been working with now for the last year and a half, he's a fantastic creative, so experienced, and just, he's just such a brilliant thinker. He's also hilarious. So when you're around him, you're, you're having a great t- time all the time, and you're not, you're not even, half the time you're not even aware that you're working. It's just so incredibly enjoyable. When it's, it's over the phone, or even when we're on, a, on a, you know, a team's meeting together and we're looking at each other, it's just, it's just not the same. You can't generate the same energy and the same playfulness. And I think what David Ogilvy said, make it think as funny as possible. Uh, now, obviously, that has a lot of meanings too. But I think extrapolate from that to make your environment as funny and as enjoyable as possible as well, because that just makes a huge difference to the quality of the work that you will produce. You still need to have that environment of playfulness to actually free up your mind to really look at a problem in different ways. That's interesting. I'm wondering if there's anything you've done at home to your environment to make it more conducive to creativity. Mike, I wish I could say that I, that, that I had, but I'm so incredibly lazy that I haven't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Join the club. I mean, I, I think you're looking to simulate yourself in, in, in different ways. So I've headed down to my library and I just find, you know, whatever books I can, things I haven't maybe read in years and just spent 15, 20, 25 minutes with them. And it can be anything. It could be philosophy or it could be an old novel I haven't read in years or uh, just just get your mind working that way and then listening to music and you know you're an army you're one at this stage to most of the time uh, i'm just wondering are you in, are you enjoying it there are there are aspects of it that, that i have enjoyed i mean we had a pitch last week and uh, i mean i think we're a very good agency anyway and with a great bunch of people uh, in it but sometimes you know when you're inside in, in the workplace it, it can be quite intense you know tempers get frayed and you know things are said that maybe shouldn't be said I think at the pitch last week, I thought the, the atmosphere was wonderful. I thought people were so incredibly supportive of each other. It, was re- it felt really collegial. I don't know whether or not we win the business, but it was an incredibly enjoyable experience. And look, they're all people I've known for a long time, and I love these people, but I, I, I was, uh, I, I hate to say proud of them and proud of ourselves, but I, I kind of was. Um, and how did you actually pitch the, 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 the work itself? Uh, 
we could only produce uh it was a document it was it was almost just a word document we probably did do even more work than we'd, we'd normally do because you know we didn't have that opportunity to to be in the room for them to see us to you know Okay, so that was a very different experience very, then, wasn't it? Very, very different. Yeah, very different. Because I mean, ultimately, I think with, you know when you're working with clients and clients are working with an agency, so much of it is down to chemistry. It has to be, you know, particularly from them. It, it, like it, it's their money, it's their brand. It's 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 it, you know, uh, do they want to work with us on an ongoing basis? Are we people that they like? Do they do they trust us? And the only the only real way to get to know that is to spend some time with. Uh, with us so you know from the first chemistry session down to the you know the pitch and then maybe we'll meet again then again afterwards and they they make up their mind based on that as, as much as the work you know yeah and i'm struck by um you were talking about the restrictions on you and in some ways restrictions can can add to creativity i think you know the, the old saying give me the freedom of a tight brief and i'm wondering if you found these restrictions have have helped you think differently I have to have to think differently. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I think it's a really interesting point because it's certainly, I thinking, on, let's take last week's work as an example, our thinking was, was very clear from the start and the brief was very tight and we did have, we did have those restrictions. Uh, we did have that structure. Uh, and within that, we were still able to be very uh, playful and, and, and inventive. So, um, yeah, I think we could probably all learn a little bit from uh, from this time uh, away from each other that we can, you know, we probably mm. need to be that, that bit more rigorous at the start and really clarify what needs to be done and what needs to be said and actually clarify just what the, always, exactly what the problem is because we don't always do that. We don't always get that right. On the subject of learning from each other, Des, your, your very famous piece about being a young creative uh, really resonates with a lot of people. And I'm wondering in the, in this situation that we're all in now, would you have any words of wisdom for the young creatives out there who might be listening? Um, it's a tricky one, Mike. Um, you see, you, you don't want to you see to be you know that that person who has answers and you know knows what to tell others. Be playful, like I said earlier on. Be playful and surround yourself with people who are who are also playful and people who are kind and who are generous, but also people who are competitive and ambitious. Because you don't want to, you don't want people to be, to be just uh, anodyne. They're, they're not they're just simply, unfortunately, they're not, they don't have any great value to you. So that strange contradiction between, you know, kindness and competitors, that's the kind of people you want around you and uh, look for them and, and be that yourself. Make sure though, I'd say, of the two of them who've been kind and ambitious, be kind. Uh, ultimately, that will sustain a career for you longer than the other one. Uh, without that, you, you're lost. People won't want to work with you. Okay, Des, thank you very much for joining us today. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this special ICAD podcast dedicated to helping and inspiring members during this time of, well, recreating. This entire podcast has been recorded and produced remotely thanks to the engineering talents of Lockie Butler. Keep your ear to the ground for future episodes featuring some items you really won't want to miss. For more information and inspiration, check out ICAD.ie.